You are listening to a partial replay of Cowboy State Politics Live from December 8th. Last week's installment of the live program was a dumpster fire next to a train wreck after all of it had exploded. About the only thing worth salvaging out of the wreckage was the interview with Jonathan Lang. We began our discussion talking about why a number of churches in Texas are leaving the United Methodist Church. It's an interesting story, but it's one that hasn't just happened all of a sudden. This is something that's been building for quite some time. And secondly, it's not a phenomenon that is constrained to Texas. It's happening all across the country. If you need any evidence of that, look at the rise of all of the cowboy churches that are popping up all across the country. It's a non-denominational church, and it's just normal people, and a lot of them are disaffected members of other denominations that have decided just to come together and worship according to what it says in the Bible. Really, that's all you need. On a personal note, being Sunday and all, you shouldn't have anybody in between you and your relationship to God. You don't need an intercessor. It's a personal relationship. And while we're on the topic, a lot of people get that phrase really, really confused. They construe it to mean that, well, it's my relationship to God and I shouldn't share it with the rest of the world. That's not at all what is meant by that. By personal relationship, it means that you have a direct connection to Jesus. That's what that means. And absolutely, you should share it with the rest of the world. Well, enough of me on this Sunday afternoon. Here's my discussion with Pastor Jonathan Lang. Joining me on the phone is Jonathan Lang. First, you know Jonathan Lang from his writings in the Wyoming Tribune Eagle and in the, uh, in the Red Star. Pastor Lang, are you with me? I am with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, welcome to the program. So I was just telling our audience about this, uh, a whole bunch of churches in Texas leaving the United Methodist Church. And I'm sure it's not just um, that, that denomination. I'm sure it's happening you know, in several others. But I was wondering if you could give us some perspective on why you think a lot of these local churches are leaving the leadership structure of some of these bigger um, denominations. No, it's really a, a, a three-part story, and uh, let me begin with uh, maybe about a century ago, um, just before the turn of the century, um, in the late 1800s, um, there was a kind of a movement uh, across the globe that attacked the authority of the Bible, um, and it started in the seminaries and universities over in Europe, particularly in Germany. Um, called the Higher Critical Method, and uh, basically what it did is it subjected to the Bible to, uh, to to the test of science and said, well, miracles can't happen, and therefore the Bible's unreliable, and yada, yada, yada. And what it did is it, it cut across denominational lines so that every denomination in the world um, began to be split between those who continued to hold to the inerrancy and the infallibility of the Holy Scriptures, as the Church had always known it, and uh, those who uh, began to uh, to approach the Scriptures as though they were simply documents of men, um, and that it was our job to judge what parts of them were true and what parts of them were false. And so your your instinct is right that this is cutting across every denomination, and that's why. Um, you, know, you can't just say that the, the Lutherans are this, the Lutherans are that, because uh, there's two different kinds of Lutherans on this subject. There's two different kinds of Methodists. There's two different kinds of Presbyterians. There's two different kinds of, of Roman Catholics, and right on down the line. Um, the 
the difference is that, uh, generally speaking, in Protestant denominations, um, when this um, split is affected, um, then they usually follow suit with an organizational split as well. Um, so the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod is organizationally different from the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America for this reason. Um, whereas what's happening before your eyes right now is that the United Methodist Church um, is is doing that organizational split along the, the biblical authority lines. Um, so some denominations have done it already, some are doing it now, and some probably won't. Um, you know, so the Roman Catholic Church, for instance, um, finds their unity in the, in the, in the Pope, and uh, for that reason, uh, they hold together organizationally, even though both opinions, both sides of this question are represented in the pulpits and in the pews. Well, I know, like, I grew up in the Methodist Church here in Buffalo, and, you know, our pastor, his name was Oli. Um, he is the standard by which I hold all other pastors. I mean, it was, it, he preached straight from the Bible, and, you know, there wasn't any deviation into any, you know, anything else that was, you know, anti-Scripture or opposed to Scripture. And it, it just fascinates me that it seems like all of a sudden we're seeing churches that are preaching, you know, pro-abortion stuff, um, you know, support for the LGBTQ community, um, transgenderism, all of these books in, in schools. I mean, it honestly, Jonathan, it astounds me. Yeah, yeah, it it sounds a lot of people because it's it's kind of crept in to the denomination. The people in the pew um, can barely see it happening. It's because it's so slow, and it, and it usually is happening in the in the pastoral training schools. That's where it's coming in. And so a congr you know a congregation like one in Buffalo um, uh, with a, with an old line pastor might hold the line for a long time until he he dies and then uh, is replaced by somebody new who's been influenced by this in his schooling. And, uh, and all of a sudden there's a sea change in the congregation. I've seen that happen time and time again as well. Um, but there's another kind of a more modern part of the story. So I told you about the higher critical method as it started coming in in the late 1800s. But, and this is going to sound conspiratorial, but... You know, oh, it's welcome on this program, Jonathan. <laughs> so it's, it's documentable that um, uh, back in the, um, in the early 1900s, uh, mid-1900s particularly, uh, through uh, organizations like the World Council of Churches, um, one of the, the communist subversions was to infiltrate uh, the denominations, especially the mainline denominations of, of the churches in America, and to, to bring this kind of uh, undermining of their doctrinal stance um, into the churches. And uh, more recently, uh, that has been happening through uh, the Open Society Foundation, George Soros and all of that. Um, you know, if you follow the money, as in most things, you will find uh, um, huge grants of money being given, you know, channeled through Open Society to various other um, charity groups, which eventually finds its way into the pockets of things like the National Association of Evangelicals. And in this way, they're able to influence these churches. And so that's why um, these, uh, these kind of, we can just call it wokeism, is, is coming into 
uh, so many denominations and coming in at a, at a rapid rate. Um, and uh, it's, it's alarming the people in the pews once they find out what's actually happening. And it's almost too late by the time they find out. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that grates, grates on me more than anything is this word toleration, that we have to tolerate other people's views. And, you know, this is one of the things that, that Mark talks about. Uh, pastor Jennings, Mark Jennings is my, my pastor. Um, but one of the things he talks about a lot is that churches have not come out against, you know, different things that are very much against Scripture, that in some cases are very much anti-God, and they've done it all um, in the name of toleration. You know, we have to be nice to everybody. We can't say when things are wrong or things are right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've turned, uh, not we, but uh, but certainly the uh, uh, the cultural influences influencers of our day have turned toleration into a virtue, and uh, it's really not. I mean, there is a um, love is a virtue, um, and uh, um, prudence, and and uh, you know to be kind, to win your enemies, uh, to 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 bring people to the truth when they are in error. All of those things are what we are called to do. The toleration is uh, uh, actually preaches a false idea that that you are not loving your neighbor unless you actively withhold the truth from them, um, and so that's uh, certainly not a Christian value. No, um, no, and you know one of the stories I'm going to hit after after our conversation is talking about um, you know books. Another book that has come out teaching young kids that you know they can change their their gender. And I mean, the, the Bible's very clear on that, you know. And I, it, it baffles me that you have you have churches that openly preach things that are just well, they're scripturally not true, and they're scientifically not true. And it just—I mean—they're yeah, just lying to people. I'm glad you said the second part because, yeah, because one of the fascinating historical facts is that the the falsehood started coming its way in. When, uh, you know, 100 and 150 years ago, people started doubting whether the Bible was true and basically doubting miracles and saying we can do this all by science. It is no accident that that has evolved into the outright denial of science itself. Um, and so the truth is one, right? And the, the truth of Scripture is going to be the same as the truth of science and uh, to think that you can deny the truth of Scripture and yet still hold on to science is a, is a fool's errand, and uh, it's coming out in the forefront right now in in, in states. Uh, absolutely, and I, I think we see the results of it, you know, all over the place. The the city council in Casper just this week passed their anti discrimination um, ordinance, you know, and part of it, and I'm going to read that for uh, on the program here in just a second, but um, you know, part of the ordinance relates to things that are not outrightly observable, right? It's discrimination against how a person feels. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, this this whole idea of teaching things that are scripturally wrong, scientifically wrong, um, you know, I mean, it, it does have some pretty significant policy implications to it. That's right, right. And so one of the things you ought to just note here is there is no such thing as a religion-free um, place, uh, a religion-free policy. Uh, uh, everything we do is, is guided by our, our deepest principles. And, uh, and so, so actually, this anti-discrimination policy, just like the one that was passed in Washington 
um, with Cynthia Lomas's vote and uh, just like the stuff that is being argued in front of the Supreme Court earlier this week, which I talk about in this week's column, um, all of these things are, are actually the foundation of religion in and of themselves. And if I can, I'd like to tell you there's, there's an, an even more ancient manifestation of what we've been talking about. Yeah, go, right, this, go right ahead. What we're talking about, you know, that I've turned this wokeism and, and, uh, um, and, you know, showed up uh, 150 years ago as a higher criticism question of the Bible. Um, actually, it was uh, one of the very first attacks on Christianity. It was happening while the apostles were still alive in the first century, and we had a name for it, and it was called Gnosticism. Uh, Gnosticism is an ancient religion which denies both the scriptures and nature. Um, and it, as a matter of fact, what it does is it attributes um, evil to nature itself. Whereas Christianity always says, well, nature is a, cre- a creation of God, so it's good. It's just been corrupted by sin. Well, Gnosticism doesn't believe there's such a thing as sin. They just try to escape the things of nature. And you can see that happening when you try to escape your own biology, when you try to escape your own life, um, and, uh, and, and when you deny science, thinking that you can escape these and, and, and find yourself better by either um, self-mutilation or even uh, suicide, assisted suicide is a part of this movement. Um, so we're really dealing with, uh, with the resurrection of an ancient religion um, that, uh, that challenged Christianity in the first century and, again, is raising its head to challenge Christianity today. Well, and Christianity is being challenged across the globe. If any, if anybody watched Tucker Carlson last night, by the way, if you missed it, you should go back and watch it because he was talking about what's the, the persecution of Christians that's happening in the Ukraine right now. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't doubt it. I mean, it's it's amazing. And, you know, we've got all of our leaders saying we have to help Ukraine send them more and more and more money. And yet people people follow blindly. You know, I, I can't tell you how many people I've seen with, you know, Ukrainian flags on their on their Facebook page. And yet yeah. none of us question what's actually happening there. I mean, they're, they're very clearly persecuting Christians, Jonathan. I know. I know. And it's it's, it's very sad. Um, and I'll just jump on the bandwagon here and say that the, the mainstream media is, is professional at keeping your eye off the ball. And the persecution of Christians around the globe is, is horrific. It's at horrific levels. Um, the last hundred years have never seen the persecution of Christian um, worse uh, any time in history. Um, you know, we think about the days of the martyrs where they were, you know, on the bloody sands of the arena in Rome. Um, they had nothing on us. Um, and it's happening not just in Ukraine. Uh, it's happening uh, very badly in China. Um, it's happening in um, in places like uh, Afghanistan and Iran. Um, and uh, it's we, we need to be aware it's happening in, in uh, the, the heart of, of the African continent. Um, it's happening all over the globe. And, uh, and it's just news of it is suppressed. And if I can just throw in a uh, uh, encouragement for people to get the, uh, the magazine called The Voice of the Martyrs, um, it's a great resource for keeping up to date. You can find it on, on the internet and then you can order the magazine. But The Voice of the Martyrs is a pretty good resource for keeping up on persecution of Christians around the globe. 
Excellent. Excellent. If you could send me a link to that and I'll, I'll uh, post it at cowboystatepolitics.com so everybody can um, find it more easily. So Jonathan, um, I know your, your blog just moved. Um, can you, uh, you want to tell everybody how to find um, your latest writings? Well, yeah. So I'm on Substack um, and uh, the address is uh, uh, jonathanlang.substack.com. And uh, you go there and, and uh, I've moved everything that I've written in the last five years. So you can find it all conveniently there as well as it's real easy to sign up to, to get uh, every time I publish a new one each week, it'll show up in your mailbox. So um, you can do that right there on jonathanlang.substack.com. All right, Jonathan. Well, I appreciate you coming on the program on such short notice. And I mean, it was fascinating to visit with you and um, any, you're welcome back anytime you like, just give me a buzz and we'll, uh, we'll fit you in. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to talk to you and your audience. All right. Have a good one. So there you have it. The persecution of Christians is happening, not just, not just worldwide, but it's also happening here. We have whole denominations of Christian churches that are preaching things that are not scripturally true, and they're not scientifically true. And if you think that this sort of stuff isn't happening in Wyoming, you'd be sadly mistaken. Again, I mentioned the episode, and actually the last when I mentioned it, it was Jonathan Lang and I discussing the minister of the United Church of Christ down in Casper, when she was saying that, you know, we have to have all of these books in, uh, in the library. And she openly compared the Bible to all of these pornographic and, in some cases, pedophilia materials. So this stuff is happening in Wyoming. And after the break, I'm going to give you a perfect example directly from a sermon in, in a church in Cheyenne. I'm telling you, it's going to shock you. I told you it was a fascinating discussion. That'll do it for this little replay of Cowboy State Politics Live. Don't forget about Morning Reload that'll be published tomorrow morning where I'll get you caught up with all the little bits of news that we've missed throughout the past week. Have a good rest of your Sunday.